Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to I lost my breath just listening to that. Welcome in everybody to this week's episode of Mouthing Off with Mike. And if you've been listening from day one, a little over two months ago, back in April, post-WrestleMania, you'll know that we ventured into uncharted territory when we established Mouthing Off with Mike, the wrestling podcast. Uh, I did not anticipate this podcast making it to the 10th episode as of this episode as you're listening at home so i just want to say thank you all so much for listening thank you so much to my amazing girlfriend for making all of the awesome artwork and the logo for mouthing off with mike i want to give a special shout out to a good brother of mine Chad the Wicked Foster for making the intro to Mouthing Off with Mike, our signature song that you hear every start of every episode. So thank you to Chad, thank you to my lovely girlfriend, and thank you to all of you for listening to Mouthing Off with Mike and for Mouthing Off with me on social media, M-O-W-M underscore podcast. We've got the YouTube channel. I'll make a formal announcement when we got that up and running with the backlog of every episode, plus some special content I plan on bringing to the Mouthing Off with Mike Wrestling Podcast brand. So without further ado, thank you all so much for listening. This episode is episode 10, and I can't wait to make another 10 episodes and beyond for all of your listening pleasure. So thank you so much. Stay tuned. We're going to get into WWE, Monday Night Raw, Tuesday Night in, excuse me, Tuesday Night NXT. I do it every time. Tuesday Night NXT and Friday Night SmackDown. So hold on tight and we're going to get into it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back into the show. So we're going to start off like we always start off our WWE uh, segment for the episode, starting off with this past Monday night with Monday Night Raw. Uh, and, you know, once again, I feel like I start every episode the same since the inception of the podcast. Um, Monday Night Raw, guys, was another really good episode of Raw. Listen, I know I was a skeptic all those years ago when... Raw went from two hours to three hours, you know, um, over the last few years, you know, maybe even up to half a decade or, or a decade plus, um, Raw, you know, Raw's been three hours. Um, there was a really, 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 really long stretch of time where I actually tuned out um, of Monday Night Raw because, you know, three hours on a Monday night, it was tough. You, you're, you're in college, you're doing school, you're, you're working, you know. Um, now you're you're a full-time professional, you know, with a job, with a career. So there were some times where I wasn't able to really catch Raw or I just really couldn't focus on it because three hours on a Monday night, it was just so 
tedious to watch. And I, I don't know, since the, this podcast really has started, every time I talk about WWE and I start with Monday Night Raw specifically, I really have a lot of a majority of the things I say is, are positive. And it's not something that I, I really had the luxury of saying up to this point. Um, so I'm just happy that every Monday, you know, after uh, coming back from a good weekend and having to deal with the, the grind of your job or your life, right? You know, most of us watch wrestling for an escape from our realities, from our lives, from our day-to-day -day bullshit. Uh, and that's why I watch wrestling. That's why I'm so enamored with pro wrestling, you know, 24-7, 365. You know, whether it's watching on TV, being in the arena for the events, or, of course, talking with all of you about wrestling with this podcast. So wrestling is, is in my blood, you know. And once again, Monday Night Raw starts off really, really freaking hot with Seth freaking Rollins, our new world heavyweight champion. Seth, Seth Rollins, we talked about it last week, the right decision for the first inaugural world heavyweight champion. The workhorse of WWE, you know, last, the last year I'd say that the MVP award definitely goes to Sami Zayn, but I would say the, the workman's award, you know, the workhorse award goes to... Seth freaking Rollins, day in and day out, the guy showing up for, for Monday Night Raws, for live events, for, for premium live events, consistent and always going to give you a hell of a show. So I can't say enough about Seth, and I'm just so happy he's finally getting the, the, the shine and the recognition he so very much deserves. He starts off the show with a great promo again here, you know, basically going into the fact that he... He has the open challenge. Tonight on Raw, Seth is going to defend his new World Heavyweight title for the first time. And he was doing an open challenge uh, last week on Twitter. It was formally accepted by Judgment Day's Damian Priest. So Seth kind of going through his promo, you know, talking a lot of uh, about how it's so good to have a champion on Monday Night Raw. You know, the crowd loves him. They sing his song. They cut the lights. Everybody in the crowd is, whoa. Like, it's just so good. Like, when we were there for WrestleMania, um, hearing his song live, 80,000-plus people in sync singing it with the conductor, the, you know, the, uh, I, I'm, I, the word escaped me, you know, the, the musical conductor directing each side of the arena. It was awesome. So I just, I'm all in on, on this visionary character of Seth. I think it's hitting on all levels. I love the architect Seth. I loved when he was with the authority. Um, I've loved every, you know, version of Seth Rollins up to this point. Um, even dating back to his Tyler Black days in Ring of Honor. So we're going to get the hype up with between him and, and Priest. Finn Balor's out here as well. Um, we get a little bit of a war of words between Priest and, and Seth before their main event match tonight for the world title. Seth really dogs uh, Finn here. Seth being sharp with the tongue, coming up with you know things to say at Finn and, and Priest. Um, it's a really great back and forth. There's comments about Finn's title uh, reign as Universal Champion. One day, um, you know, my title reign. Seth speaking, his title reign has already elapsed. Finn's uh, title reign, so just Finn is just getting worked here, getting dogged by by Seth. You know, Seth goats him into basically being by himself in the main event for Raw. 
Um, Priest tells Finn, fine, I don't need Finn, I don't need Rhea, I don't need Dom, I'll beat you all on my own, he tells Seth. So, main event tonight is going to be Seth versus Priest, mano y mano. No Judgment Day shenaniganry, at least or so we think. Following this, we are continuing with the build to Money in the Bank in London, England at the O2 Arena uh, in July. We've got another set of qualifying matches here on Raw. This week, we've got Becky versus Sonya Deville. During the match, Trish Stratus' music hits. Her and Zoe Stark come out to scout the competition, pulling Becky's attention away for a moment, letting Sonya get the jump on her for a couple minutes. Inevitably, Becky does get refocused, beats Sonya, and qualifies for money in the bank. So, of course, the man, Becky Lynch, you cannot have the money in the bank ladder match, I think, without one of your bigger women's stars on the roster. Can't have money in the bank without the man. As much as I would have loved to see Sonya Deville in money in the bank, we will have to wait a little bit longer. Unfortunately, I would have preferred Sonya in this match. Fresh faces. We're seeing it in the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, you know, with LA Knight. And now, you know, this Friday, we're, we're going to see some more qualifiers with Santos Escobar, Mustafa Ali, Butch, uh, Baron Corbin. Um, so we'll get to that later on in the show. But for now, we're focusing on the Money in the Bank qualifiers from Raw. Uh, this was a good little solid match. Chelsea Green tries to get involved. Um, Becky manhandles her, throws her off the barricade. Very funny. USA Network posts the video um, of Becky doing this to Chelsea on Twitter and Chelsea immediately telling uh, USA, delete it, delete it right now. So thought that was really clever. Um, I'm just a big fan of this, that whole, whole Chelsea Green, Sonya Deville team. I love what they're doing and I really hope it continues. After this, we're ending up with a backstage run-in with Imperium, uh, KO and Sammy. And I love this kevin owens um vibe that he's bringing to tv these last few weeks a couple weeks ago he had said to uh imperiums ludwig kaiser and, and giovanni vinci um you know you're breaking the rules you're breaking the unwritten rules of wrestling we didn't call your names we didn't mention you you can't come out you know we didn't say your name so don't come out don't break the rules you know this this week uh, on raw same thing you know what enough i'm sick of this you know what let's just fight you want to fight we're gonna fight i'm going to the ring meet me in the ring we're fighting so I just love uh, KO. KO's been one of my favorites since I can remember, since when he was honestly at the tail end of his Ring of Honor run with uh, Sammy. Uh, so I've always been a big KO guy. The matter at hand is this. Kevin Owens is one of the best professional wrestlers, sports entertainers in the world. And he does not get the praise that he deserves. So right now on this show, this is your... Kevin Owens is a damn good pro wrestler. Don't ever get that twisted. Do not let his look fool you. If you think that Kevin Owens can't go, I will give you 10 matches of Kevin Owens scattered from Ring of Honor, NXT, and WWE on the main roster that proves you wrong. So I am a big Kevin Owens guy. Kevin Owens and Gunther have a non-title match on Monday Night Raw and whoo! God, guys, was it a banger, a banger, a banger, folks. A certified classic, in my opinion. A certified Monday Night Raw television match. 
These two go insane. I cannot wait to see announced this week for Raw next week. It's going to be Sammy and KO versus Gunther and Ludwig Kaiser in tag team action. So I'm excited for that match, but let me tell you right now, this week's episode of Mouthing Off with Mike, we're going to do it a little bit different because it's the 10th episode of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, here and now, I'm telling you this right now, Kevin Owens will be holding that World Heavyweight Championship in just a few years. If it's not within the next year to two, I will cancel this show. Mark my words. Kevin Owens is so damn good. Him and Gunther as well. Gunther will be a World Heavyweight Champion as well. He will break the Honky Tonk Man's um, Intercontinental Championship reign. He will do it. And he will probably be the longest reigning IC champion of the modern era, what we're seeing similar to Roman. Maybe not a thousand days, but I think it's definitely going to go past a year, 400, 500 days maybe, depending upon who's going to be the one to dethrone him when that time comes. Because I can only assure you that Gunther will eventually hit that world title picture. And we could see him versus Seth. You know, at WrestleMania 40, we could see it at SummerSlam. We could see it at the Royal Rumble. I, I My pick for the Royal Rumble this year is Gunther. Um, so I think that's kind of the direction we're going to head. Time will tell, but as of now, this is your mouthing off with Mike match recommendation of the week. Gunther versus Kevin Owens from Monday Night Raw this past Monday. Check it out, guys. I beg of you, watch this freaking match. A good one. Uh, after this... Strictly speaking, from the match standpoint, I'm going to go through matches, and then I'll talk about some of the backstage stuff here later. Um, but match-wise, we're getting our final first look on the main roster debut of Caden Carter and Katana Chance. There was a backstage segment, once again, that devolves into an actual match on Raw with Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler, your new WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. And as you know, this uh, this podcast host is not a big Ronda Rousey guy. I just, the promos are dry. She's dry in the ring. But once again here, Caden Carter and Katana Chance go out there and have themselves a great match. These four sets of women had a phenomenal tag team match on Monday Night Raw. Unfortunately, Caden Carter and Katana Chance lost their Monday Night Raw debut, but I think in a few years you'll forget that they lost their debut when you see just how talented they are, and the, there really is no ceiling for these, these two ladies. They have a great match. Shayna Baszler, Ronda win. Now, I don't want to get ahead of the show because, you know, I'm still looking towards talking about SmackDown. We are going to probably end up seeing Ronda and Shayna become the longest reigning women's tag team champions the way we're headed right now. A lot of discussions have been posted. Um, I believe, I, I will I will credit them, I believe Fightful Wrestling had reported that, you know, that Ronda and Shayna had demanded that, you know, management take them seriously, take this division serious. So I see that this division is going to start ramping up uh, and we're going to more than likely probably see the NXT tag women's titles and the women's WWE tag titles unify and we're going to see that announcement on SmackDown this week getting ahead of the show these four ladies have a good match the we are billing Caden Carter and Katana Chance as the after party and they come out with a really cool rave entrance and and the lights and everything it's very fun I'm a big fan of it 
uh, you know, almost reminiscent to Naomi and the, and the glow, but a little bit different, just a little bit. Um, these, these four women, great match. Ronda and Shayna, yeah, you know, they're going to be, I think they're going to bring some legitimacy to the division, a long title reign for them, a long, strong, dominant reign. I hope I'm wrong, and I just hope it's just not stale and falls flat. There's a chance that this becomes really, really good for them and helps, you know, elevate that women's tag division across the board between all three brands. Following suit after this match, we're going to get a match between two members of the Money in the Bank ladder match who have already qualified and won their respective qualifying matches last week on Raw, Ricochet and Shinsuke Nakamura. Now, these two were having a great little match. It was very high energy, a lot of flips, hard hitting on Shinsuke's side, you know, a lot of reverses, a lot of fake, you know, false moves. It was a good match, and it was ramping up to be another really good match on Monday Night Raw. Unfortunately, Bronson Reed interferes, and it, the match ends in a no contest. You know, unfortunately, Bronson Reed's still a little salty about uh, losing to Ricochet in that qualifying match last week on Raw. So he just goes ahead and hits him with the big tsunami. Um, the crowd is chanting one more time after he hits the tsunami. Um, so Bronson Reed, once again, I still believe one of the better uh, hires, hiring backs um, with the Triple H, you know, hire backs. So awesome, awesome for Bronson Reed. You know, I, I have a feeling um, Bronson Reed is going to be a big deal on the main roster. Uh, it just It's just going to be a matter of time. Like, will he hold gold now because Gunther's going to be holding that IC title for a while? I have no doubt Seth will be holding his uh, World Heavyweight title for a while. KO and Sammy probably going to hold those tag titles for a stretch. So just really depends on when that timing is right for him. But I think Bronson Reed is definitely a, ch a champion material. Listen, guys, I, I'm a big wrestling guy. Bronson Reed beat Okada in Japan at the Tokyo Dome, in the main event. So, Bronson Reed is a big deal in my mind. Dom, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but Dom Mysterio is the special, special guest on Ms. TV, who the normal guest was Cody Rhodes. Whoa! But the Miz trolls and... and Cons Cody and Dom comes out, and we get a line from Cody Rhodes that fired, was so fire and fired up Dom that I'm still thinking about it today. He says, you know, and I know your father, Rey Mysterio, has probably made a lot of mistakes in his career. You know, I'm looking at one right now in this ring in reference to Dom being the mistake. So great. Uh, a sharp tongue from Cody as always. Cody, Mr. Way with words, you know, finish the freaking story, right? He needs to finish the freaking story. I, I hope he does eventually hold gold in WWE, hold that world title, whether it's Seth's World Heavyweight Championship or the WWE Undisputed Championship. Now, Dom, like the coward he is, slaps Cody Rhodes and hides behind Rhea Ripley. So just excellent heel work from Dom. Excellent segment. I just, it's just so good, guys. Like the, 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 the freaking, the, the freaking heat that Dom has right now is just insane. Like, I don't, I don't know 
like how you can get more heat. Like Don Callis and AEW's got heat because of the whole Kenny Omega to catch the thing, but Dom has different kind of heat. Like the crowd loves to boo him, and honestly, so do I, guys. I I do too. Um, so because of this, we get the announcement on SmackDown during commercial that. Cody will verse The Miz on Raw next week. You know Dom Mysterio is going to get involved. But this also opens up another conversation of topic. Cody Rhodes is not in the Money in the Bank ladder match. What? How are we going to get to the finish the story? Once again, guys, patience. Triple H, or if you believe Vince McMahon is still booking, sure, whatever. Whoever it is, both of them, but I know for a fact here that if it is Triple H, Triple H is going to give you what you've been requesting for years. Long-term storytelling, guys. He's going to give it to you here in the form of Cody Rhodes being hard times. It's going to be hard times for Cody for a while. I honestly, truthfully, don't think that we will see Cody get to Mania 40 next year versus Roman. I don't know what the plan's going to be. I could be wrong here. I could be a little bit impatient. We've got a lot of time before that. We, are, we haven't even hit SummerSlam yet. You know, We haven't even hit Money in the Bank. But no Cody Rhodes in Money in the Bank does beg the question, when are they going to pull the trigger on this finishing of the story? I don't know, guys. It could be some time. But... I digress, really, really good segment with Miz, Cody, Dom, Rhea. I'm hoping that maybe next week on Raw, Dom gets involved in the match. We get Cody versus Dom in two weeks on Raw. That's my hope. I think that would be really good for Dom. I think that would really up his, um, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? Stock? You know, I think I think a match with Cody... Um, and maybe Dom even beats Cody would really get him some more heat. So I think that could be where we're headed right now. So be very interesting to see. I'm going to let this kind of play out. Um, really going to see where this whole Cody Rhodes, Brock Lesnar story goes, because if there is, and the rumors are true that there's going to be a third match at SummerSlam, we're going to have to start building that. I thought that if Cody was going to be in money in the bank, Brock would have screwed Cody during the ladder match, and then set up the third match with the stipulation at SummerSlam. Rumors are swirling that there was a bull rope match to discuss, which was what I would have personally been, um, you know, kind of begging for as a fan because I think that's the match which would really give you something to, to, to watch uh, back years to come. Cody Rhodes, the American Nightmare versus the Beast Brock Lesnar in a bull rope match or a strat match, you know, where they're tied together, they can't go anywhere. Um, I think that's the money match for these two. Could We could see a steel cage match. We could see a Hell in a Cell. That's Cody's, you know, bread and butter because last year with, you know, him versus Seth with the torn peck at Hell in a Cell. Um, I'm going to let this play out. I would like to see the bull rope match. I'd like to see a last man standing match. I wouldn't mind a Hell in a Cell match. I just don't think... That's the match for these two. I think it needs to be an all-out war, a, a brawl, maybe a last man standing, maybe a submission match, maybe something crazy. We'll see what the stipulation is. Following this, we're going to segue right into that second Women's Money in the Bank qualifying match. Zoe Stark taking on Natalia, the boat, the best of all time. Um, 
Unfortunately, guys, this podcast host has always been a big fan of Natalia. I've always been a big fan of Natty. Uh, I always thought that she should have been given more title opportunities and more title runs uh, when the women's division, you know, and the women's revolution kind of had, you know, reached its pinnacle. Um, I just think there was a lot of disrespect for her in this, and obviously she's in the, the stage of her career where now she has to put up with a new talent. You know, she has become the Dolph Ziggler of the women's division, I guess. Um, and, and honestly, I'd love to see Natty get one more run. So please, WWE powers at B, give me one more Natty title run, please. Zoe Stark qualifies for Money in the Bank with the help of Trish Stratus. She interfered in the match, you know, opening up for Zoe to hit Z360 to get the pinfall to qualify for Money in the Bank. So we're going to see Zoe, Becky, and Money in the Bank, the women's side. Uh, we will talk about who qualifies uh, this Friday on SmackDown in a few segments. But after this, we get a real quick squash match against Indusheer versus Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. And it's a shame that Cedric and Shelton are now getting fed and being jobbers on Raw. Really not a big fan of this, but it is what it is. We don't even get a formal match here. Uh... Indusheer viciously attacks them before the match even starts. They call off the match. It's a five-minute squash match, right? You know, we're building Indusheer up as another um, scary tag team on Monday Night Raw. We're going to see on SmackDown this week them starting to build the tag team divisions, and I think it's going to follow suit on Raw this this coming Monday. Um, you, right now, on Raw, you have the undisputed tag team champions who were drafted to Raw. You have Indusheer. You've got Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander, of course, if they're job or tag team, whatever. You've got the Viking Raiders. Unfortunately, you don't have Ricochet and Braun Strowman because Braun Strowman is out with an injury. He did get neck fusion surgery. So prayers and a speedy recovery to the monster among all monsters, Braun Strowman. Um, But the Raw tag division, even with these injuries, even with what's going on, it's still plenty and bountiful. You still have the Judgment Day. You have Dom, Finn, Priest. You know, one, two of those three can compete for the tag titles, compete in the tag division. You still have a lot of teams on Monday Night Raw. You've got Imperium as well. So, tag divisions are thriving. I'm hoping that we separate the tag titles, or if we don't, then we need to give KO and Sammy new belts. We're going to see a lot of new belts, I think, in the next coming weeks. We saw a new belt on SmackDown. I'll get into it in a few minutes. But for now, let's get into the main event. As you know, earlier earlier in the show, I said the main event of Raw tonight, Seth freaking Rollins defends his World Heavyweight Championship for the first time against the Judgment Days, Archer of Infamy, Damian Priest. Um, First and foremost, Damian Priest, another guy who can hold a world title, can hold a championship, at any given moment, he's proved it. You know, the reports and the rumors are that WWE officials are very high on him. Uh, I would be too, guys. Here's the fun fact. Damian Priest was trained in the Monster Factory. And if you haven't caught the Monster Factory show, it's a it's a really great, uh, it's a six-episode kind of documentary show about the professional wrestling school, the Monster Factory uh, in New Jersey. You know, we get to see a really great insight into some of the talent that has passed through. We see the insight of some of the talent that are currently there. Uh, and, and basically, you're seeing the future of this business. Um, there's a few wrestlers on that show 
that I really cannot wait to see when they, you know, hit the big leagues and, um, you know, hit their stride or get signed to NXT or get signed to the, the, the New Japan Dojo or, you know, AEW, Ring of Honor, whatever. But there's a lot of young guys and gals that are super talented and Damian Priest is one of them. He comes from that system, the Monster Factory. So if you haven't seen that show, I'm not getting paid for this. Um, I just was a really big fan of it because you got to see an inside look at the training and what it takes and, and, and what that coaching looks like. So just a quick shout out to that. Uh, Damian Priest being a member, you know, a result of that uh, wrestling school, just something that popped into my head here. I digress, a fucking great match here, guys. You know, I try to keep the, the cursing to a minimum on the show. You know, maybe we'll, we'll get a deal one day, but a great freaking match here. Damian Priest, as you said, as I said earlier in the show, he promised to go at this alone. Mano Mano with Seth. And for the most part, it happens. Seth gets Damian Priest outside of the ring, on the uh, outside of the, of the ring area. He hits him with the, um, the powerbomb into the apron that he hit Finn with back in the, the match that got him hurt. The signature, you know, Seth Rollins powerbomb to the apron. You've seen it a thousand times. During this point, Finn Balor makes an appearance unbeknownst to Damian Priest, and Damian Priest looks a little pissed about this. Damian Priest, after the match, he does in fact lose the stomp hit because Priest is distracted by Finn. He didn't expect to see Finn there. Finn ends up getting kicked in the, in the head, thrown to the side. Priest gets stomped, one, two, three. Seth retains the title in his first title defense in what would I call another fantastic Monday Night Raw match. Um, Monday Night Raw guys hit for me in all levels. We saw... Uh, uh, you know, the, the Mommy and Dom Mysterio interference on Ms. TV. We got a great backstage video package from Becky about why she wants to win money in the bank for her legacy. We get Paul Heyman, which was out of place for Raw, but, you know, that Jey Uso will acknowledge her else. Uh, Chad Gable agrees to train Maxine Dupree. Here's an interesting note. Shoosh, Maxine Dupree might be having a match against Valhalla either next week on Raw or the following week on Raw. Can't wait to see these training segment videos uh, next week. We also get a great video package for Johnny Gargano. Really like to see Johnny being featured, and I think we're starting to build Johnny again. I think Tomasa Champ is on his way back, so we might be getting DIY reuniting on our televisions on Raw. So fingers crossed for that. One of the best tag teams from NXT Black and Gold days. Matt Riddle has a backstage segment with Gunther, or excuse me, with Giovanni Vinci and Ludwig Kaiser. And they're basically roasting him. We see a little bit of an edgier side to Matt. He basically, you know, snaps Vinci's leg in half, you know, storyline-wise. So Riddle's pissed. So we might be seeing Riddle being involved with this Gunther, Imperium, KO, Sammy thing still. Let it play out. If we get an edgier Riddle, then I'm here for it. We also then do see that beautiful main event. So... With that being said, that's Monday Night Raw, guys. I, I'm I am way over what I wanted to be for this segment, but that's okay. We had a lot to talk about on Raw, a lot of things advancing, and of course, I had a I had to give a, a shout out here to a couple of the couple of the folks. But we'll be right back with Tuesday Night NXT. Alrighty, guys, welcome back in to the show and we're gonna start right back up with wwe nxt from tuesday night my favorite part of tuesday nights 
you know, if, if wrestling on Mondays wasn't enough for you, if wrestling on Tuesdays isn't enough for you, if wrestling on Wednesdays isn't enough for you, if wrestling on Fridays isn't enough for you, ladies and gentlemen, we got wrestling on Saturdays in a week with that AEW Collision show. So this podcast, just be fair warned, we are in fact going to be talking about the AEW shows as well in the show. So just know when that new show debuts, we are going to be going a little bit longer on the show itself. So keep that in mind. Back to NXT. NXT, another really good NXT. Shawn Michaels is cooking it up, and he is cooking up some delicious content on our television screens. Tonight, we start off the show with the schism, Ava Rain, Rip Fowler, and Jagger Reed versus the Diamond Mine, Ivy Nile, Julius, and Brutus Creed, the Creed Brothers. Just an absolutely really great match here. Diamond Mind showing, specifically Julius um, of the Diamond Mind, of the Creed Brothers, showing just how damn athletic uh, he is and they are. Um, he went from a sitting position with one of the Dyad members into a standing suplex, walked to the corner of Diamond Mine, tagged in his brother, and passed off the member of the dyad, still in the vertical suplex position, to his brother, and they completed the suplex. What? Just an absolute insane amount of athleticism here displayed. Um, the schism win... Ava Rain gets in the ring for what I would believe is the first time in ring. Um, she wasn't really that good. Like again, like I said, guys, I'm not going to get into the whole, oh, that was a terrible match. You know, she was so bad in the ring. I mean, guys, it's developmental. Like, this was her first match. It was, it was a little clunky. It was a little awkward. But, hey, she got it. She got the right finish. She puts on the schism mask. She headbutts Ivy Nile. Uh, and, and, unfortunately... The schism beat the Diamond Mine in this uh, great six-person tag match. So, really great start to NXT overall. Really excited to see what happens here with the with the Creed Brothers, Diamond Mine, and of course Schism. Um, as I talked about in previous episodes, you know, I'll, I'll talk on it real quick. The Dyad did request their release. They were not granted their release from NXT from WWE. Their contracts end in the fall. Uh, so. It will be interesting to see if, in fact, they do re-up or if they do leave the company. Uh, something tells me that maybe they'll end up staying. I don't know. It just seems like they were unhappy, and maybe now being on television every week, maybe that's changed their tune. After this, we get a match with who was revealed last week as the infamous attacker of the women in the parking lot of NXT, the most dangerous place on earth, the NXT parking lot. Um, Blair Davenport versus newcomer to NXT, Danny Palmer. Um, Danny Palmer does get the loss here. The match finished with Davenport hitting, hitting the Falcon Arrow and winning the match on the Falcon Arrow. So I thought that was really awesome. Really good stuff there. Now, following what took place on NXT last week, Baron Corbin attacked Carmelo Hayes, right? Now, this week, Baron Corbin is calling out the NXT roster earlier in the show and calls out Ilya Dragunov, and we think we're going to get Dragunov versus Corbin, but Braun Breaker attacks Dragunov. So we don't get Dragunov versus Corbin. We're getting that next week on NXT. 
This week, we get Trick Williams versus Baron Corbin. Crowd's into it. They're chanting, whoop that, whoop that trick, trick, you know. That's the, the, the whole go-to thing with NXT. Um, Corbin gets the win here after targeting uh, Trick's knee and, and, you know, giving out finally. Uh, he hits the end of days. One, two, three. Corbin gets his NXT win. Good little match here. Um, very interested to see with Corbin and NXT now. I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes. We also did get on this match Mustafa Ali, free agent Ali. Uh, I love that. He's calling himself free agent Ali. He beats Joe Gacy uh, of the schism with the 450 to win. We also get Eddie Thorpe beats Damon Kemp. I like Eddie Thorpe, the alpha wolf. He's a very new, green, up-and-comer on NXT. I like what he's got going on for him. I like his gimmick. Um, I think he's he's got some potential here. So I'm a big fan to see where he goes and, and just you know accelerates with his career. We get Scripps, a.k.a., or excuse me, formerly known as Reggie, who now is maskless but is still going by Scripps. He has a match against Yabba Dabba Dabba Kado, which Yabba Dabba do, that match did not do it for me. Scripps wins with interference from Axiom, and it's just a whole weird thing. I'm not going to talk about it. That's it. The main event of the of NXT this week is the Women's Championship number one contender battle royal. Uh, funny enough, I actually posted, uh, if you follow me on the Instagram, you know, M-O-W-M underscore podcast, I posted last week, uh, uh, you know, Tuesday when NXT goes live, I usually post like the match cards and, you know, this week I, I didn't even think about it. I, I forget that when you tag someone, you know, they get notified of it. I tagged uh, Tiffany Stratton. She ended up looking at the story. So, hey... Tiffany Stratton, if you randomly listen, you know, to the show after that, uh, you know, exchange on social media, love, love you, Tiff. You're, you're a great talent. Uh, I think you're, you're going to be a great women's champ. But I digress. NXT Women's Championship, number one contender, Battle Royal. Uh, we've got a lot, of, a lot of different women in this match. Cora Jade's in it. Roxanne Perez is in it. Lyra Valkyrie's in it. Free agent Dana Brooke is in it. Now, Dana Brooke was drafted to Raw during the draft, but now she is now a free agent. So, letting it, letting it go. She shows up in NXT, enters in this match. I was happy to see Dana on NXT. I believe Dana belongs on NXT. Um, she, needs, she needs this time in NXT, I think. Just like Corbin is going to excel in NXT, and Mustafa Ali is going to excel in NXT. Uh, I think these guys and gals will be revamped and... and, and may add some things, some layers to their characters that, you know, we may not have seen up to this point. Got a lot of women in this match. Fallon Henley, Kiana James, Tatum Paxley, Lyra Valkyrie, JC Jane, Gigi Dolan, Cora Jade, Dana Brooke, Thea Hale, Jakara Jackson, Lash Legend. There's a lot of women in this match. Surprisingly enough, the winner of this match is Thea Hale. Chase used Thea Hale and I'm so happy for her. I'm so happy for Thea. I am a big fan of hers. I am a big, big fan of Thea Hale's. So Thea Hale of Chase U wins the Battle Royal after being knocked out. She doesn't. She goes under the bottom rope. She just. She's not eliminated during the match. The the women forget about them, as you know the WWE tropes with Battle Royals. Someone always ends up finding their way out of the ring, not over the top rope, and sneaks back into the match and ends up winning. So I love when when those tropes play out for us because I'm like I'm like Leo from uh, 
oh man, I, I can't even, I think it's the Wolf of Wall Street or whatever it is, but I'm like the, the pointing uh, Leo gif, like, oop, there it is, right there, you know, there's the tropes. Um, I'm basically, you know, calling them out like KO here. So, um, Thea Hale wins. She is now the number one contender for Tiffany's title. Tiffany Stratton, the NXT Women's Champ. Shout out to Tiff. Um, now, going over some of the backstage segments we're going to see here on NXT. I mentioned Braun Breaker attacks Ilya Dragunov. Uh, Trick Williams comes out during Corbin's promo earlier, sets up their match. Tony D'Angelo, the Don of NXT, as you know, if you listen to the show, you know your host here is an Italian-American. So I love the fact that we've got an Italian-American character on wrestling again. I used to love the FBI, the full-blooded Italians. They were real funny. You know, the jobbers, they were a joke, big deal, you know. But Tony D, it's like, you know, he's he's the Don. He, he's he's the mob boss. He's got moves. He he's he took out pretty deadly. You know, he made him sleep with the fishes. He didn't he didn't get him deep enough in the water though. You know, so they ended up on SmackDown. So I just love this stuff. Tony D gets arrested. He's booked. They they get the mugshot last week. So we get the funny you know Tony D mugshot. Hashtag free Tony D. Stacks uh, goes and visits Tony D in jail. Tony D lets him know, like, yeah, yeah, things are bad, things are rough, you know, I, I gotta spend my birthday in the in the slammer, uh, you know, tells him about one of the guys, oh, you remember what's his name from back in the day, yeah, he's over in here, you know, so just some real funny, um, you know, just, just camaraderie here, you know, the Italian dude's talking, um, I don't even think Stax is Italian, but hey, let it go, right? Tony D says something real funny, you know, that, that the... The prison guards got him peacock so he can get he watches NXT and watches uh watches all battleground. So just some funny shit, you know. Um I'm still a firm believer that because Diamond Mine and the Creed Brothers got that NXT tag title shot at Battleground and Tony D and Stax was supposed to get an opportunity against Gallus, and I still think Ivy Nile has something to do with this. Uh, from the Creed Brothers, from Diamond Mine. I think she ratted Tony D out. Or, you know, NXT Anonymous. You know, we have this uh, Twitter account, NXT Anonymous, that they go and they post videos of things happening around the performance center, you know, secret things. So we've seen a lot of videos and, and stuff be exposed by them. So really could be a, a, a little bit of anybody, but I think it has something to do with the Creed Brothers. I could be wrong. I'm going to let this play out. But free Tony D, guys. As I said, um, Dana Brooks here on NXT. We, we got into that already. Uh, Noam Dar in a backstage segment introduces finally, you know, the metaphor. Jakara Jackson, Lash Lenzen, and Menso Aura. Uh, Noam Dar, this is his group. I like it. New talent. I'm a big fan of Lash Legend and Jakara Jackson. So, hell yeah. I think these two ladies uh, are, are going to be the future of the NXT women's division. You know, I would say they would be the future of the NXT tag division, but we're going to find out on SmackDown that there's a unification coming. So, now, with this said, now I want to get back to the, the really big, pressing moment of NXT. After the main event, Thea Hale celebrating her win with Chase U, we get a backstage segment with Braun Breaker in the parking lot. Now, I thought he was going to get attacked because it's the NXT parking lot, guys. People get attacked a lot back there. I just told you about the, you know, Blair Davenport going around and beating up the women, you know. 
Braun Breaker says that he is here after they ask him, why'd you attack Ilya? You know, he's here to put everybody on notice from the top to the bottom. And as for the top, Mr. World Heavyweight Champion, Mr. The First NXT Champion, Seth freaking Rollins, you say you're the, you're the best, you're the workhorse. How come you put your money where your mouth is and you come to the place where you became the first NXT champion here and fight me for that WWE World Heavyweight Championship on NXT. There hasn't been any word where we're going to find out, I think, this Monday coming up on Raw from Seth if he's going to accept this challenge or if Braun is going to show up on Raw. But what a great way to put the rocket to Braun Breaker's back to the to the moon, in the words of Cameron Grimes, right to the top for Braun Breaker. You know, no draft for him, no, you know, um, getting called up, just straight to the point. He's challenging the world heavyweight champion for a match on NXT. And, you know, dare me if I'm crazy here. Like, if we lived in, in Bizarro World, this is the part of the, of the show where I tell you, hey, you know what? What if Braun Breaker won that World Heavyweight Championship on NXT. First of all, the logistics wouldn't make sense. Obviously, you're not going to just have a shot drop title exchange on your Tuesday night show that, you know, maybe eight, nine hundred thousand on a good night. Watch it. Obviously, we've got sports are starting to slow down. You know, the finals are almost over. The Stanley Cup is almost over. So, you know, you're going to have a little bit of lull in sport, big sports until, you know, football season. Obviously, we've got baseball season going on, but Right now, we're, we're not even towards the all-star break, so really not a lot of people are focusing on baseball, you know? But in my personal opinion, if there was a way where, like, Seth could have a good title reign but also drop the title to Braun Breaker, I think that is the definitive way to make Braun Breaker the instant star that he could be. Obviously, they're not going to do it, but just being in the ring with Seth and potentially pushing Seth to his limit in NXT if it does go this way would also be very good for Braun Breaker's career and could see him hit that next level. Heel Braun Breaker hits different than face Braun Breaker, in my opinion. He should have been a heel from day one. Because if I think he was a heel from day one, I think he's on SmackDown or Raw right this moment. That's just my opinion. As you know, that's what this podcast is. You know, it's it's my thoughts and my views, my opinions, my analysis, et cetera, et cetera, right? But if there was a way for Braun to win the title in his main roster debut, I think that's a great way to do it. Could he be the one to dethrone Gunther down the line? Maybe. Just depends on where he's at with that historic title reign. I digress. I hope Seth accepts the challenge. I hope we see Seth back in NXT for the first time since TakeOver a couple years ago when he called out Triple H. Would be very interesting to see the first NXT champion going up against one of the more dominant NXT champions in Braun Breaker for the World Heavyweight Championship, a main roster title on NXT because it's going to bring a lot of eyes in viewership-wise and it's going to do wonders for Braun Breaker and, of course, Seth Rollins. So uh, NXT, another great, great show. Does what it needs to do in the developmental side. Keeps me entertained and starting to show up and, and cross over with the main roster more. So those rumblings of possibly NXT being more of its third brand itself now might start becoming a thing again 
I know they tried that experiment with the black and gold days, and then, you know, poor Triple H, you know, lost his baby, lost all half of the roster, and, you know, they were released, and now they're back. But, you know, the, the point still remains. NXT was very good. Shawn Michaels is cooking, and I hope he cooks us up something crazy for next Tuesday. Stay tuned. We're going to get back to SmackDown. We're going to get in, transition into AEW, and then we'll finish off with the final mouth off with Mike. All right, my mouthing off maniacs. So we are back for our final WWE show of the week, and it is Friday Night Smackdown. In the words of my man, Pat McAfee. I miss you, Pat. Come back to SmackDown, please. Shout out to you for that ESPN deal, man. You're you're killing the game. SmackDown starts off with Paul Heyman, Solo, Sokoa, and main event, Jay Uso. And ladies and gentlemen, Paul Heyman informs Jay Uso of two things. That Jimmy is jealous of him because he's involved in something Jimmy's not. That being groomed to be the next tribal chief. And if, if only you guys noticed Solo's face when he said that. Solo didn't look too happy. And Solo never looks happy. You can't really read the guy's face. He's stone cold, right? Um, but you could see him react a little bit with his eyes where they raise up his eyebrows. Raise like, oh, he's in training to be the tribal chief? So what am I doing? Um, Paul Heyman also tells Jay that he has a United States title match for the first time in his long Hall of Fame-worthy career. He will be fighting for a singles championship. And when he does, Roman Reigns will take him under his wing and show him how to be the tribal chief and be a dominant champion and all of the things that you want to hear when your brother, your family member fights, you know, when, when you're fighting and there's infighting in the family, there's always that one family member that seems to just know what to tell you to get you back on their side, you know, um, and, and in this case, it's Paul Heyman. He knows what to tell Jay to get him back on his side. You know, Paul tells him, listen, if you want this U.S. title shot, all you got to do is shake my hand, you know, rejoin us. Prove your allegiance to the tribal chief and, you know, turn your back on your brother. Jay does not shake his hand. He leaves Paul hanging. He accepts the title match. And we are going to get in the main event of SmackDown tonight. Austin Theory versus main event Jey Uso for that U.S. title. You know, speaking of U.S. titles, I actually uh, saw it on Twitter today. Uh, someone had posted, you know, that they would love to see and Cross versus Theory for the U.S. title, and I as well agree to that. Uh, I had said that you know Karrion Cross and Theory would be a money feud because Karrion Cross would be able to terrorize and you know just psychologically get in Theory's head. And Theory's a rookie, you know, in this game now, so I think a feud with Cross down the line for that U.S. title would be really good. Uh, I think to the point where I know it's that damn good of an idea because the man himself, TikTok, the harbinger of doom. The Doombringer, Karrion Cross, liked that tweet I tweeted where I said, you know, I think uh, Cross with the U.S. title would just look good. Um, so shout out to you, Karrion Cross. 
love you, man. You're the man. Got to meet you back at WrestleCon. Um, he's an awesome dude. Him, him and Scarlett are honestly some of the really most down-to-earth pro wrestlers that I've had a chance to meet. Uh, and I actually had told him at the time, you know, he had said he was going, you know, out to Japan to do some stuff and work with New Japan. I told him, listen, man, you know, you got it. You got it. Like, you know, seeing you in NXT, like, you know, your entrance, your presentation just makes you stop and watch. And I, I still think that's true. I'm a big Karrion Cross fan. Um, and I really hope he does get a singles title very soon. And, and truthfully, I do hope it is the U.S. title uh, because it's not really being... Um, showcase enough you know the only thing i hear from theory is oh i beat john cena at wrestlemania like yeah well you beat john cena but that's all you got like shut up like how many other wrestlers have beat john cena and that's not the only thing they talk about sheamus beat john cena how many times sheamus to this day still barely even talks about that so it's just silly uh, i would much rather have seen jay win that match uh in the main event spoiler austin theory retains with the help of pretty deadly Jimmy Uso comes out to try to even the odds. Uh, Jimmy accidentally super kicks Jay. Solo attacks Jimmy. He's going to hit him with the spike. Jay stops him. Jimmy then hit, tries to hit Solo with a super kick. Solo moves, hits Jay, knocks Jay out. <laughs> great, great main event here, guys. Great main event. They had me. I thought Jay was going to do it. I really thought Jay was going to do it at one point. And I was like, oh, my God, he's going to win a title. I was going to mark out, guys. Like, they had me. You got me, WWE. You got me. Full, full believed, marked out. You had me. You had me. You suspended the disbelief. So good on you guys. Round of applause. The point remains, I'd like to see Karrion Cross win that U.S. title. That's my kind of soapbox for this part of the show. Following up with Monday Night Raw and continuing with the trend of where we're headed towards Money in the Bank in the beginning of July in London, we get another Money in the Bank men's ladder match qualifier with Santos Escobar versus free agent Ali. So Ali's been everywhere. Raw, NXT, SmackDown, he is all across the map, and we'll see him on NXT next week. Santos Escobar beats Mustafa Ali with a, with a great match here. Hits a phantom driver from the top rope. Uh, and pins uh, Mustafa Ali, one, two, three. So really good match here from Santos. Santos Escobar, chef's kiss. While all of this is going on, LA Knight, yeah, who qualified last week, yeah, is on commentary, yeah, and he's the man. I love LA Knight. So I'm big, you know, don't screw this up, WWE. Give LA Knight the Money in the Bank briefcase. Please give him the briefcase. You know, Mr. Megastar in the Bank sounds a lot better than Money in the Bank, if you catch my drift. Next up, we do get the introduction of the unholy union of Isla Dawn and Alba Fire. You know, we've seen them here and there on SmackDown, but we're finally getting them. They're showcased. Uh, the NXT Tag Team, uh, excuse me, the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions are confronted by WWE Women's Tag Team Champions Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler, and they are challenged by them for a unification match for the women's tag team titles to unify the NXT and the WWE women's tag titles. They then are attacked by Isla Dawn and Alba, and Alba and Isla get the upper hand on Shayna and Ronda and kick the shit out of them, leave them, leave them running with their tails between their legs. So awesome to keep those, uh, those two looking strong from NXT. Um, that unification match apparently is going to be in two weeks and on SmackDown. 
I got a bad feeling about this. I said it earlier in the show. I think Ronda and Shayna are going to win those NXT tag titles and unify the women's tag titles and have those titles for a very long reign. Time will tell. I hope I'm wrong and we get a shock twist and Alba and Isla win and unify the titles. That was where I would like to see it. After this, we get another qualifying match for Money in the Bank with Bailey versus Mishin. Mishin, Mia Yim. Mishin was looking good, but Bailey got her, got the one, two, three. And then after the match, guys, and this is where the conversation about the Karrion Cross thing comes back, we circle right back into it. After the match, Scarlet appears and blows this red dust that Bad News Barrett, Wade Barrett, describes as Scarlet's fever. And I love that. I freaking love that. That was so smooth and so clever. Scarlet blows Scarlet's fever in AJ's eyes, blinding him. Karrion comes up through the crowd, grabs him from behind, gets him in the cross jacket, locks it in, and puts him out, throws him down, and Karrion and Scarlet get out of dodge before Mia uh, Yim can you know, make the save. Um, so we are continuing with where we left off before Night of Champions with Karrion Cross and AJ Styles. And thank God... Give Karrion Cross the win in this feud. Listen, man, the dude is so damn good. He's got the look. He's got the in-ring prowess. He's got the mouthpiece with Scarlett. You know, she adds so many layers to his presentation on television. Keep it up, guys, please. If you keep giving him momentum, he will keep hitting on all accounts. So shout out to you, brother. Keep it going, Mr. Cross, and I cannot wait to see where AJ and Cross goes from here. I alluded it to it earlier. We do get an introduction of a new title. The Raw Women's Champion, Asuka, will no longer be titled the Raw Women's Champion. Asuka will now be the WWE Women's champion and hallelujah praise the wrestling gods ladies and gentlemen we got rid of the raw and smackdown monikers from the women's titles we're getting women's championships and the title does look similar to roman's undisputed title the only difference is it is a white leather strap it has the gold background behind the w and it does say Women's Undisputed Champion on the belt itself. So a little confusing there, but that's okay. Calling it the WWE Women's Champion, champ, champion and Championship is way better than Raw and SmackDown Women's Champion. Now with that said, if Logic follows suit, and sometimes with WWE Logic doesn't necessarily follow suit, Logically, this would tell me that Rhea on Raw Monday is going to get a women's title that's going to look similar to Seth's title on Raw, keeping up with that kind of the same brands, same titles, uniformality. I would like to see this title either be the WWE Women's Universal Championship, since we've gotten rid of that universal moniker for, for, for Roman's belt, or go with the WWE Women's Heavyweight Championship. I don't know how that works, heavyweight title, but... I digress. We'll see what it goes. We'll see what happens on Raw. We'll see what it looks like. I think it, it's going to look similar to Seth's belt. I could be wrong. Typically, I am. We'll see. Time will tell. But during this presentation of the new title from Adam Pierce to Asuka, woo! 
The Queen is back. Charlotte Flair is back for the first time since losing her SmackDown Women's Championship to Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. Charlotte is back, and she is challenging Asuka for her new Women's Championship. But previously, we had seen Bianca in a backstage segment with Adam Pearce telling Adam, like, listen, I better get my title rematch. He gives her a rematch, but now Charlotte has jumped the gun, and now Charlotte is in line for a title opportunity before Bianca. So that just tells me, ladies and gentlemen, Bianca's probably going to attack Charlotte during this Asuka-Charlotte match and set up the inevitable triple threat, I hope, at Money in the Bank. Fingers crossed for that. Charlotte always being who she is, she doesn't need to wait in line. You know, she gets an opportunity. Um, but I would have preferred to see a triple threat or Bianca get the first shot. I'm sure storyline, this will play out. This is just new. This is fresh. You know, this is the first night of it being introduced. So I'm going to let it play out. So before I'm, I'm quick to judge, I'm going to let it play out. After this, we do get another Money in the Bank qualifying match. Butch versus Baron Corbin. And guess who just so happens to be at ringside, ladies and gentlemen? Oh, yeah. Him, your NXT world champion, Carmelo Hayes, joined with Trick Williams ringside from SmackDown to take, uh, take in Baron Corbin's match. Now, if I was a betting man, and I am a betting man, I would have probably put all my money on Carmelo Hayes to interfere and screw Corbin out of his opportunity here. But we don't even get that. Butch beats Baron Corbin clean one, two, three after... Um, Butch takes out the right hand of Baron Corbin. You know, he, he joint manipulates and he, you know, separates the fingers, quote unquote. And Corbin's got his arm kind of to his side, like the, the dude from Scary Movie with the little hand who stirs the mashed potatoes. He's got his arm to his side and he really can't have that, that mobility. Uh, Butch gets him in a, in a really unique pinning uh, combination, gets the pin. Then after the match is when Mello then kind of jumps the barricade and uh, they attack Corbin, get, getting some retribution from NXT this past week. So, continuing on so with NXT, Mustafa Ali, Baron Corbin. They're going back to NXT this Tuesday. Corbin's going to verse Ilya Dragunov in a match. Mustafa Ali's going to be in six-man tag match with Tyler Bate, Wesley versus the Dyad and Joe Gacy, the Schism. So, really excited to see where that goes. After this, we get our final, for SmackDown at least, the Money in the Bank qualifiers with EO Sky versus Shotzi. Now, come on, guys. I, do I even have to tell you who won? EO Sky won. Both Nemager Damage of Control are in the women's ladder, uh, Money in the Bank ladder match at Money in the Bank. Shotzi had some good offense, nice little suicide dive, a couple really good moves. Uh, Shotzi's very much improving, so forth, you know, in the ring, on the mic. So I can't wait to see what Shotzi does. She's got a really cool, unique presentation with her coming out with the tank and everything. So I'm a big fan of it. EO Sky gets the win because Bailey gets involved pushing Shotzi off the top rope. So EO gets that win with the uh, Moonsault. One, two, three. EO's in the match. The Money in the Bank uh, ladder match is filling out for the women's side Becky, Zoe, uh, Bailey, EO Sky. For the men's side, LA Knight, Santos Escobar, uh, Butch, Ricochet, Shinsuke Nakamura. So we've got one more uh, qualifying match here um, on Raw. Next Monday on Raw, we're getting Priest versus Riddle, uh, and I believe that we're going to get another. Um, I think we're going to get another women's one. I'm just just escaping me, but we're going to see some more uh, Money in the Bank uh, qualifiers because the this year the ladder match will be six on each side, so three from Raw, three from SmackDown. 
Uh, three from Raw, three from SmackDown for the women's as well. Now getting into the main event, Austin Theory versus Jey Uso. And like I said, guys, earlier in, in this segment, Jey Uso, they had me, guys. Like, if I were to basically give you the, the synopsis here, there, there's a lot of tension in the bloodline. Jey and Theory go at it. It's, it's just in, insane. Jey hits a huge Uso splash in the closing moments. The ref had got knocked down. So just as you think Jay's going to win, the ref's not there. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So Jay should have won. Obviously, shenanigans happen. Pretty Deadly's there. They get involved. Jimmy Uso shows up. Solo Sokoa shows up. Jay stops the spike, like I said. Super kicks. Uh, Jimmy super kicks Jay. It's just crazy. Theory ends up pinning a, a knocked out Jay. One, two, three, retains his title. So looks like Theory and Pretty Deadly have got something going on together. Uh, and I, I think this group is is strange, but I think it has really big potential here. So I think time will tell kind of what happens with Theory and Pretty Deadly. Now, as throughout the show, we do get a couple backstage segments. Now, after Baron Corbin, you know, loses his qualifier, he's pissed. He's, you know, talking about NXT, yada, yada, yada. Cameron Grimes drops Baron Corbin backstage. So Cameron Grimes and Corbin's rivalry is not done. Corbin's rivalry with Carmelo's not done. You know, Corbin's just stepping into it, everybody. We get the backstage segment with KO and Sammy with all of the tag teams towards the end of SmackDown where uh, Pretty Deadly's like, yes, boy, we want a tag shot. And, and then the Brawling Brutes. Uh, and then the club, the OC show up, the Good Brothers. Then we get Montez Ford shows up at the Street Profits. So every tag team on SmackDown shows up vying. And the LWO shows up vying for a tag team opportunity. We know that next week on SmackDown, there will be a gauntlet match to decide the number one contender for the undisputed tag team champions for the for the SmackDown side. So it's still for the undisputed titles. We're not going to separate them. I think I'd like to see a new set of titles for KO and Sammy. KO, just absolutely funny. He's just like, you, you guys are doing this again? You know, breaking the, the rules? Like, what, what, what are we doing? You don't just get to... Ask us for a match. Does no one understand how things work here? KO uh, and Sammy's telling KO, like, calm down, calm down. Your blood pressure. Like, I don't want your blood pressure. Like, it's just humor, guys. I, I recommend going watching, like, this week's segments with KO and Sammy with uh, Imperium. And then this week on SmackDown. It, it is just comedy. Pure comedy. Jay Uso then makes the ultimatum with Paul Heyman as well before the main event. That if Jay Uso returns to the bloodline, only if Paul Heyman is gone. Yeah, I'll, I'll join the bloodline if you're out. So, very interesting to see. Could could see Paul Heyman get kicked out of the bloodline for Roman to save his family. And Theory then makes the comment as well backstage in a promo that, you know, Mr. Paul Heyman, if you're looking for a new uh, a new client, you know, if you get booted to the side by the bloodline, I could be I could be uh, you know persuaded. So Theory and Heyman would be interesting. I think that'd be an interesting pairing uh, if Paul were to leave uh, being, you know, the, the, the advisor to the tribal chief, you know, the wise man to the tribal chief. We'll see how this goes. I like this story. Sami Zayn also gets to talk to Jay as well throughout the night. This episode of SmackDown, guys, was the episode for Jay Uso. He starts the show. He's in the show in the middle. He main events the show. You know, this was basically, I would say, his thank you for all of his hard work with the Bloodline story. He got a whole episode of SmackDown tonight, guys. Like, Throughout two hours of SmackDown, he was shown, I think, five or six different times, you know, like the, like the main champion would. Um, and he's not even holding any, any titles. Just That's just a credit to how good he is and how good the story's been. 
So Sammy tries to break him again backstage and just says, listen, man, you know, I, I miss us. I miss the times we used to have. And I don't know, guys, uh, the writing's on the wall for a, a few people, for Jay and the Bloodline and Jimmy, of course, as well as for Sammy and KO with, with their tag team because I, I think eventually KO is going to turn on Sammy um, because he's tired of him being obsessed with Jay and the Bloodline. Um, but overall, guys, SmackDown was a good one. I recommend going back uh, and, and definitely checking out just the segments uh, from, the, from Jay, from Paul. And I do recommend uh, checking out SmackDown. There's a couple good matches, guys. Theory and Jay was a great match. Uh, and so was Santos Escobar and Mustafa Ali. So all awesome SmackDown once again. That, there you have it, guys. That's, that's your WWE for this week. Awesome shows across the board. If I were to give them, I'd go Raw, SmackDown, NXT, just in my personal preference. Um, Raw was the best. Uh, a lot of good matches in three hours of Raw to cover. Followed suit with a really action-packed two hours of wrestling on SmackDown with, of course, the Bloodline story continuing, weaving throughout the show. And then, of course, NXT keeping up with the consistency that they have with Shawn Michaels cooking it up and giving us a great developmental third-brand product. So there you have it, guys. Make sure you guys check out KO and Gunther from Raw. That's my WWE match mouthing off with Mike match recommendation of the WWE side. Now, when we come back, we're going to get into AEW Dynamite, and we're going to talk about some things as well. So stay tuned. All right, folks. It's Wednesday. You know what that means. It's time for some AEW Dynamite. And, you know, hey, listen. Much like I feel like I open every segment of Dynamite when I talk about it on the show, we kick off Wednesday Night Dynamite with freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy defending his international championship against Swerve. In, a, in what would I describe as a fantastic match, guys, um, this was an awesome opener for dynamite like once again orange cassidy just is you know listen a lot of people talk shit about cassidy about oc and when i had first seen him you know all those four years ago in aew i, I really was not familiar with him like i said aew did do what it went out to accomplish and get a lot of this industry's you know unknown talent known like if if it wasn't for aew i don't think i would have known about Orange Cassidy, Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, Ricky Starks. Like, a lot of these guys are guys that were put on the map for me due to AEW, due to what we have seen, you know, on AEW television. And listen, this was a fantastic match. This, this is what I would say is my match recommendation for the week from AEW. So there, there you have it, guys. Already two minutes into this segment, you're mouthing off with Mike match recommendation. Orange Cassidy versus Swerve Strickland. Great match. Orange Cassidy barely, barely retains his title here. It is coming very, very quick. Orange Cassidy, with another desperate win, grabs Swerve's tights in the pinfall to gain the extra leverage to win and retain his title. So, you know, Orange Cassidy doing what he has to do to retain his title. After the match, the Mogul Embassy 
Brian Cage and, and a couple of other guys that I just don't know the names of. I'm sorry. You know, uh, excuse me. The Gates of Agony. There it is. There it is. I knew it would come to me. Um, they come out and they beat the piss out of Orange Cassidy. But before we can really get into the, the full beatdown, the lights go out and Darby Allen and Sting are in the ring to help Orange Cassidy. So the Mogul Embassy retreat. Uh, and then we get American Dragon joining the broadcast booth. And as we now know as of this week, guys, two matches have been announced for Forbidden Door on the AEW New Japan Pro Wrestling side. We are getting the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, versus Okada at a match at Forbidden Door. And in the words of Excalibur, a dream match of epic proportions. They... They're going to go out there and have a banger. Uh, as well announced for Forbidden Door already is going to be Will Osprey versus Kenny Omega Part 2. Uh, this time, you know, in Forbidden Door in Canada. The first match uh, took place in New Japan with Kenny getting the win. So I think Osprey might have a win coming back with the third match probably happening at uh, All In in August. This was... This is going to be interesting, guys. I'm excited for the, both of these matches. Uh, that... Those two matches are worth the pay-per-view buy right there. Like, the pay-per-view's 50 bucks. I'm buying it for those two matches. Those matches are alone worth $50 each, $25 apiece if you want to break them down into, you know, $25 a match. Those two matches are worth that $50, in my opinion. Two fantastic matches. Kenny and Ospreay are going to go out there and have another banger. And then the dream match with, with Brian Danielson and Okada, a match I never thought I would say is happening. Um, it is, so... All those people that said, you know, Brian should have stayed in, in AEW, or excuse me, should have stayed in WWE, eh, wrong. Um, I'm glad he went to AEW so he could do things like this because, you know, that's what he wants to do, guys. Like, Daniel Bryan has been, has been one of the, if not loudest proponenters for, um, you know, this, like, crossover with New Japan. He had, he had begged them to go wrestle in the G1, and they were going to give him permission to do so, but... He wanted more, and, and this is it right here, is, is these dream match potentials. So going into, you know, why uh, Brian is out here on commentary is because of the Blackpool Combat Club has a trios match against Chaos, Tremperetta, Chuck Taylor, and Rocky Romero. John Moxley, Wheeler Yuta, and Claudio Casanoli have a great match here. Another potential mouthing off with Mike match recommendation, a hard-hitting trios match. Uh, a lot of brutality. John Moxley got the win with the submission, but Wheeler Yuta uh, hits him with the anvil elbows after the match ended. So just a lot of brutality in this one. After this, we're going to get uh, Hangman Adam Page and the Young Bucks with a challenge. The reunification of the Hung Bucks from the ROH days, Hangman Adam Page and the Bucks are going to take on the BCC next week in Trio's match. So, awesome. Really excited for that. We're going to see that video package hyping up Will Ospreay and uh, Kenny Omega at Forbidden Door. Like I said, that's going to be a banger. I'm pumped for that match. Now, let's get into where I'm going to really talk about this. MJF is out to cut a promo. Tells the crowd in Colorado I was contractually obligated to show up. I nearly offed myself. Holy shit. Because quite frankly, there's not a more boring place in the world. If, any knows, if anyone knows about being bored, it's me because there's no competition for me in this company. Nobody is on the level of the devil. 
and Adam Cole Baby's music hits. Well, if it isn't Adam Cole Baby, I'm gonna lie to you. I'm excited. Finally, some worthy competition for the champ. I'm a big fan of you, man. Seriously, when CM Punk up and left me when I was a kid, I thought my fandom of pro wrestling was over. But I flipped some channels and I came across a show called Ring of Honor. And I thought Ring of Honor sucked. Just as I was about to change the channel again, out walked Adam Cole. You know, and I, and I watched you go down to Florida and shock the system. You were the greatest champion in that company, and that's undisputed. You know, a, a little callback, a little wordplay from MJF, one of the best promos in the game here, referencing WWE, you know, referencing his time in NXT, referencing his time with the undisputed uh, era. You know, you used to be the Panama Playboy. Now you're just the Panama Game Boy. You know, Britt keeps leaving the house with your balls and her purse. Do you have the physique of a world champion? No. You have the physique of a crack whore. You make crack whores jealous with your physique. You know, it's insane. I just, wow. <laughs> this promo just keeps going, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep giving you the, the spark notes here. So after all this is said and done, MJF just firing all cylinders, just verbally lashing at this guy. He goes, he goes on to say this very famous line from NXT days with Adam Cole said to Karrion Cross. You know, they give you the entrance. You've got the girl. You know, they're doing all these things to make you feel special. What do they do to make Adam Cole feel special? They ring the freaking bell. MJF plays on this, and he goes on to say, I see that these people, what these people say online, they're saying it's not your fault. I say to those people that they don't have a clue what they're talking about. This company has done everything in its power to make you cool. You know what they do to make MJF cool? They ring the freaking bell. Guys, come on, man. You're, you're, you're kidding me. Like, this is just such good shit. Such good shit in the words of Vince McMahon. And Vince McMahon's name was mentioned next. You know, I, I read a nasty rumor online. I read that a certain guy in Titan Towers didn't think he had top guy potential. And that guy's name was Vince McMahon. How do you not see top guy in Adam Cole? But now that I'm standing in the ring with you, I think Vince was right. So just, guys, wow. The crowd starts chanting, fuck that guy about Vince. And MJF says on the mic, oh, I'm a big fan of his. Just, just great trolling, just great heel work from a guy in, in AEW, you know, talking about the competition, talking about, you know, Vince McMahon, Mr. Riddleden scandal. You know, Adam Cole then goes on to say, that's the best you got? This is the great MJF? You're coming across like a toxic social media troll. You know, I'm just, I love this. What's your obsession with other people's relationship? I understand your fiance left you, but come on, you're world class. You're a world class douchebag. And oh my God, my body. How can we not talk about my body? It's not like I haven't heard that one before, but it's my body of work. Get real. You can't touch me. If you want to go down that road, how about we both go backstage, we both pee in a couple of cups, and we see who's natural and who's not. Oh, you don't want to do that? Dude, this, this was just insane. Adam Cole basically goes on to say, I've traveled the globe 15 years, yada, yada, yada. You know, and then MJF hits him with the, oh, no, you guys don't respect me. How about I cry into all my money about it? That's a lot of tough talk coming from Keith Lee's manager. So MJF just doing what he does best, trolling people, making the references to WWE, and basically hinting that he's leaving You know, when his contract is up. And I, I believe him. I truly believe that he is not trolling, that he is, in fact, leaving this company unless he gets the world title reign of the history so far of AEW, though the longest world title reign, or gets so much money that he just would be foolish not to re-sign. Adam Cole baits him into the match. 
Adam Cole then says MJF's promo saying, you know, if you remember anything from our conversation, you won't fight me because I'm better than you. And they, pointing to the crowd, know it. And MJF gets them, you know, Adam Cole gets them. I'll wrestle you any day. They got, Adam Cole did it. He, he leaves with a grin. He got MJF worked up to the point he worked himself into the match with Cole. So we're going to get Adam Cole versus MJF after Adam Cole outmaneuvers MJF here in this promo battle. So, guys, awesome callbacks by MJF to the Karrion Cross segment. Uh, I'm talking a lot about Karrion Cross today, but uh, great callback to that segment by MJF, and then a great callback to the fact that there was the rumors of Cole being used as Keith Lee's manager. Uh, great use of Cole of um, using MJF's own you know catchphrase against him. So awesome stuff. You know we got a segment Matt Hardy and Brother Zay introducing the newest member uh, of Matt's employee. You know Matt's new employee Ethan Page. We also get a Texas Tornado tag match: Jungle Boy Jack Perry and Hook versus La Fashion Ingalbernal. Said it a little bit better this time. Preston Vance and Drillistico. Uh, the baby faces get the win. Uh, Jack Perry uh, gets Drillistico to tap out to the uh, snare trap. You know his finisher. Good little match. Hook is now finally being uh, featured on television again, which I like. After this, we get another Tony Khan announcement for the announcement for the announcement of the announcement from the announcement for the announcement from the Twitter announcement originally, and this announcement is now the announcement for the main event for the first collision, which is going to see CM Punk and AEW World Tag Team Champions FTR take on Jay White, Juice Robinson of Bullet Club Gold, too sweet, and Ring of Honor World Champion Samoa Joe in trios action. So, nice main event here, a little thrown together. I would have preferred to see, you know, CM Punk versus Jay White, CM Punk versus Juice Robinson, CM Punk versus Samoa Joe, I'll take a trios match. Good way to, you know, get Punk back in the fold, get him wrestling with his his boys, you know, some of his good friends, FTR. Um, so I'm, I'm all for this. I, I'm going to let it play out before I say, oh, that was a bad match. Like, let's just see where it goes. CM Punk is good for the wrestling business, whether you like it or not. Jordan and I talked about it, you know, in the Lost Files episode. We talked about it a few weeks ago as well uh, during, you know, Backlash, Backlash, et cetera, et cetera. Um, CM Punk being back in pro wrestling was great at the time. And it's good even now after everything that's transpired. I have no doubt in my mind that these guys are going to be professionals and make this shit work. So let it work. Takeshita beats Damon Ace. Real quick match. There's no entrance, no music. Kenny Omega, you know, was a cancer to Don Callis that he's cut out. You know, keep keep moving it on. You know, he's gonna he's gonna delete, you know, and, and cut out all of the elite from AEW. So, you know, Takeshita and Don Callis are gonna form some sort of group with other members. Christian Cage is backstage and he beat the living piss out of <laughs> beat the living piss out of Arn Anderson's kid Brock, leaving him bloody and torn up in the backstage. Uh, we also get then next after this the TBS, TBS Championship Open Challenge match: Chris Statlander versus Anna Jay. Stat retains her tita, title, and Taya Valkyrie was backstage who was pissed. So I think Taya is going to turn heel, and we're going to get Chris versus Taya down the line here. We will see on Rampage this week, uh, there will be a four-way match for a title shot. Dr. Britt Baker, Sky Blue, Mercedes Martinez, uh, Nyla Rose. Winner will face world champion Tony Storm next week on Dynamite. Um, next week's Dynamite, we'll see Mogul Embassy versus Darby Allin, Sting, Orange Cassidy, and Keith Lee. 
AEW World Championship Eliminator match, AEW World Champ, MJF versus Adam Cole, and BCC versus The Hung Bucks. Our main event of Dynamite this week is Absolute Ricky Starks taking on Bullet Club Gold, Switchblade Jay White. Um, they have a great match here. Until Austin and Colton Gunn, the ass boys, interrupt at the end, hit 310 to Yuma on Starks, White uh, smashed Starks with the Blade Runner and pinned him. So it looks like the new members of Bullet Club Gold are going to be the Guns. And it's funny, as I actually predicted this earlier on Wednesday, I had, I had tweeted, I said, you know, I have a funny feeling that it's going to be the Guns that join Bullet Club Gold. Made a lot of sense because the Guns, um, they really kind of been falling off recently. Like, they were featured with the acclaimed and, and you know, Daddy Ass and then... Um, everything kind of fell off, you know, there for them. So I think getting them involved with Bullet Club Gold could help their stock and, and elevate it for them. So I think pairing them with Juice and Jay, um, really good decision if that is in fact what we're going to see with uh, the guns and, and the fact of um, joining Bullet Club Gold. Time will tell. I'm sure we'll get some, some, some word on, um, on what's going to be happening with the, uh, with the Bullet Club Gold members. Um, probably come next week on Dynamite. Um, now I will say this. I just want to I want to leave this out there for you guys. I unfortunately this week I am a bad podcast host. I did not get to watch AEW Rampage. So unfortunately I did not get to see the Lucha Brothers and Bandito versus Ethan Page, Big Bill, and Lee Moriarty. I did not get to see that four way match for the women's number one contender. I didn't see Power Hob, uh, Hobbs versus Caleb Crush nor the acclaimed in Billy Gunn versus the Spanish announced project. Um, Karen Jarrett as well, calling out Aubrey Edwards. Um, so I did not get to see Rampage, so I am not going to cover it. Um, unfortunately, if you guys want to check out Rampage, go ahead, be my guest, check out Rampage. It's a real quick hour of wrestling, um, but I did not get to watch it this week. We were, I was on the move, handling some things in the, in the, old, uh, in the old shoot real life, so... <laughs> Did not get to watch Rampage, but AEW Dynamite was a good show. I liked what I saw. It's continuing stories. We're shuffling the dynamics up of you know who's going with who, and um, we're getting new members to new groups like Bullet Club Gold. We've got the announcement of CM Punk and FTR versus Samoa Joe and Bullet Club Gold. That collision, you know, collisions next Saturday, guys. Like next week is an insane week of pro wrestling because it starts off Monday Night Raw, Tuesday Night NXT, Wednesday Night Dynamite. Thursday's Impact, Friday's SmackDown and Rampage, Saturday's Collision, and then the following week after it, same deal, but Forbidden Door is that, uh, is that Sunday, the 25th. So AEW's got a lot of programming content out there this month, st starting this month and going out through the summer with uh, Forbidden Door and then All In in August. So AEW's firing all cylinders. I hope they keep this momentum up. I have been enjoying the shows. I know we talked on this podcast a few weeks ago that I wasn't a fan of AEW at the time. Things were kind of falling off for me. They've revamped. They've recollaborated. They've made some good hires. They put other people in hard charge of creative and you know made better decisions about who's going to be feuding with who. So I'm excited to see what happens with the new show. I'm excited to see what happens at Forbidden Door. Like I said, I'm pumped for Okada and, and Danielson, and I'm pumped for Omega and Osprey. Rumored to see. There's rumors going around about Kenta versus... Um, CM Punk, Battle of the GTS. I'd love to see those two go out. That's a feud that we never got to see ever. So I, I think that'd be a money match for me as well. 
you know, as well, OC, you know, possibly defending that international championship, you know, against uh, an up-and-coming New Japan star. There's a lot of potential here for this pay-per-view um, at the uh, in two weeks. So I'm excited to see what happens. With that being said, that's it for AEW segment this week. Uh, don't have too much to talk about without Rampage. And stay tuned. We're going to get into the final mouth off with Mike. So don't turn this podcast off just yet. I'll be right back. Welcome back in for your final segment, your favorite segment of the show, the final mouth off with Mike. Now, last week, I didn't really have a, a final mouth off. I didn't really have anything to say. This week, I've got a couple things to say. One, I'm very excited for Money in the Bank and the way the ladder matches are shaping up. Two, I'm very excited for the debut episode of AEW Collision. I think with CM Punk on the show, I think it, it'll be a good show. I really think Collision has a chance to be a really good night of wrestling on Saturday nights for some of us who, you know, want more wrestling. We're getting it. You know, we're getting what we're asking for. You know, I'm someone who's, you know, always is like, you know, where is there wrestling on? No, uh, boo. Like, I got to, you know, watch something else or, you know, whatever. But like I've said this many a times, guys, wrestling is the best thing in the world. I love pro wrestling so freaking much. It's my escape from, you know, a, a harsh reality of, of what we call life. You know, we, we've had some, some tough events. Um, over the last couple of years, and, and, and I can always count on wrestling to be there for me. So I have a very emotional connection to wrestling. It's, it's something that I've always, um, na- you know, gravitated towards um, from my earliest childhood memories, you know, of, of playing with, you know, wrestling action figures and making crazy ladder matches, you know, and, and you know, with my Harvey boys and my Edge and Christian, and, you know, my Kane and Undertaker, I would always make these crazy TLC matches and crazy matches, you know, when I was getting babysat by my grandmother, you know, um, when she was still alive. And, and, you know, this woman was, you know, uh, an Italian woman straight out of Italy, straight off the boat, broken, you know, English, uh, Italian accent. And, man, did that woman love pro wrestling. Um, so, guys, honestly, you know, there's so much awesome stuff happening in the world of professional wrestling. Like, I talk to a lot of, you know, uh, friends that don't watch wrestling that actually, you know, listen to this show every once in a while just to see, hey, what's going on in the world of wrestling? Like, let's, let me see what's going on. You know, and I always tell them, guys, like, you know, wrestling is a lot different than, you know, maybe when we were kids, you know, with the edgy, the blood, you know, the, the, the sex appeal, you know, the, you know, the half-naked girls, the, the, you know, the, the lingerie matches, the strip shows on, on, on Raw, the live sex celebrations, all that stuff. But, you know, wrestling's still super entertaining, and if, and if you got nothing to watch, guys, I, I recommend, you know, throwing on Raw, throw it while you're watching dinner or making dinner while, while you're hanging out. You know, same thing with NXT, same thing with SmackDown, you know, AEW. You know, if you, if you want something a little bit more edgier, go ahead, watch AEW. But the point remains, guys, wrestling is at a spot that I don't recall, you know, since maybe during the Attitude Era, the Monday Night Wars, you know, WCW and, and Raw going head-to-head on Mondays. But I don't think there was a time ever really in wrestling where there was this much programming every freaking week, guys. Like, 
it's like think about this. Next week, I said it. I said it. You know, at the tail end of the of the AEW segment. But think about this, guys. Next week, so we're gonna start with Raw. We're gonna go to NXT. We're gonna go to Dynamite. We're gonna go to Impact Wrestling Thursday. If you watch Impact, I'm I'm listing all your shows. If you watch Impact on Thursdays, then you're gonna have SmackDown Friday, Rampage Friday night, Saturday night Collision, and then Sunday the 25th is Forbidden Door. So that week, you're going to have a wrestling show on every single day of the week, Monday to Sunday, accordingly. And then that doesn't include when you have a WWE premium live event. So you can end up having, like, there's the potential of, here's, here's the potential, right? So Money in the Bank is going to be a Saturday premium live event in July. So that week, you're going to have Monday Night Raw, NXT Tuesday, Dynamite Wednesday, Impact Thursday, Friday SmackDown, Friday Rampage, Saturday Night Collision, and Money in the Bank. And then let's just say there's an AEW show or a pay-per-view on that Sunday. So then you're going to have that pay-per-view Sunday. So there's going to be a point at some time in this programming, you know, over the next couple months, pay-per-views, you know, whether it's August, September, October, whatever. But there's going to be a time where there's going to be a, a week where they're gonna, there's going to be a show on every day of the week, Monday to Friday. There'll be a, a show on Saturday, a normal wrestling show Saturday night, possibly a WWE premium live event, and then a Sunday night pay-per-view from AEW or WWE. So let that, let that sink in real quick. There's going to be a lot of wrestling out there. So what, whatever your cup of tea is, it's out there for you. Whether it's from Impact, AEW, WWE, New Japan, you know, Stardom, whatever, you've got the ability to watch wrestling. So, if you're someone who has tuned out over the last couple of years, or you know, is falling out of love with wrestling, now is a great chance to find what you like and watch it because of how much content there is. So, guys, as I always end the show, remember your match recommendations from me here at Mouthing Off with Mike. Your Mouthing Off with Mike match recommendations. Kevin Owens and Gunther from Raw. Swerve versus OC from Dynamite, as well as the BCC versus Chaos, the trios match from uh, Dynamite as well. SmackDown, the matches were a little bit shorter just due to a lot of the segments. You know, we'll, there were storylines being um, advanced. Um, but like I said, we did see a lot of, uh, of new faces really being showcased on all of these shows across the board. So, guys, there you have it. Episode 10 is officially in the books for Mouthing Off with Mike. From your host, Mike, here, I want to thank you guys so much for listening. Again, a special thank you to my lovely girlfriend for making all of the beautiful artwork, the beautiful logos we've got here for the social medias, for the podcast itself. So real big shout-out to her. She's the best. Shout-out to Chad the Wicked Foster for the awesome signature Mouthing Off with Mike intro song, theme song, you know, go check him out on Spotify. Go check him out on YouTube. I'll put his link in the description. I've been I've been slacking. Um, I'm gonna kind of go through and, and make sure this week I have his link in this uh, this episode. Um, but once again, like I always end the show, guys, go out there and go watch some freaking professional wrestling. Thank you guys so much for listening. Enjoy the wild wild world of pro wrestling and sports entertainment. And don't forget, folks. Mouth off with me on social media, M-O-W-M underscore podcast, Instagram, Twitter. 
I'm always on social media. Let me know what you thought of this week's wrestling from WWE to AEW to Impact to, to whatever you guys want to talk about, any breaking news, rumors. And let me know what you guys thought about episode 10. I can't wait for episode 11. And, and I just, I, I love doing this for you guys, whether one person listens and it's me or whether, you know, 30 people listen. I just am so grateful that you're taking the time out of your day and listening to you know, this guy talk about something that he's passionate about, something that I love, something that we all love. So once again, guys, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to mouth off with me and go out there and watch some damn pro wrestling. Mouthing off with Mike. Mouthing off with Mike. Mouthing off with Mike.